0: What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Where Optimal Meets Practical, where we talk all things training, nutrition, and mindset optimization while making sure to not lose sight of the practical and applicable side of things. I'm your host, Jordan Lips, and I just wanted to say thank you for taking time out of your day to tune in. I appreciate you. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. What's going on guys? Welcome back to the show. Today we're talking about reverse dieting, which is a topic I get questions—I get more questions about than almost any other topic. And I'm gonna try my best to keep it very simple because it kills me to see the paralysis by analysis that happens with reverse dieting where people are looking for the perfect method. They're assuming they're gonna gain no weight. And if they did, they did it wrong. So they do nothing and they throw their hands up at the and They're not sure. And man, I'm gonna do my best to keep it simple because it doesn't need to be as complicated. And if you have the right expectations about what's supposed to happen, I promise you'll be able to handle it yourselves by the end of this podcast. So we're going to talk about what is reverse dieting. How do you know it's time to reverse, how to actually do it, right? Going fast versus going slow, time intervals in which to increase calories. We're going to talk about how you know when to stop reverse dieting, right? How do you know that you're at maintenance now? We're going to talk about what to focus on as you go so that you can focus on the things that are really improving and you can kind of emotionally detach from the stuff that doesn't matter so much as you're reversing. And then we're gonna finish with uh, a Q and A that I pulled from Instagram yesterday. You guys had a lot of amazing questions. I'd say 95% of them were already covered in the podcast. And then there were some good ones that maybe don't warrant their own large breakdown, but I still wanna cover them. So I'm gonna cover all of those at the end. So what is a reverse diet? Man, stop complicating it. A reverse diet is just the act of eating more when your diet is over, so you can get out of a deficit and get up to maintenance, right? Get out of deficit so you can go up to maintenance so you can get your metabolism back up. You can feel better. You can hang out at maintenance before doing another cut if you want to or bulking if you want to or just living at maintenance, which is what your life should be like for the majority of your life. Now, one of the most important things, if not the most important part of this entire podcast, if you only remember one thing, please remember this. It's not a metabolic hack where you magically aren't gonna see your weight fluctuate. It's, you know, you're gonna weigh exactly the same at the at the end of your reverse diet as you did at the start. You're not gonna gain a pound. Your metabolism's gonna come up at the perfect rate and you just keep eating a little bit more and your metabolism comes up at the same rate and you never gain any weight and you just eat more forever. That's not how it works. Most people are going to gain weight during the reverse diet, period, like, you will weigh more at the end of your reverse diet than you did at the start of your reverse diet. And and, and that is the most important thing you can understand from this podcast because that is where most people's fear stems from. People are obsessed over finding the perfect method for reverse dieting because they think the perfect method means they'll gain the least amount of weight. Should I go slow? How much weight am I going to gain? Should I go fast? How much weight am I going to gain? Like that is where people's fear, that's where that paralysis by analysis comes from because people are so obsessed with finding the perfect method where they gain the least amount of weight. It's not a metabolic hack. Most people are going to weigh more at the end of their reverse diet than they did at the start. However, it's not fat. It's not fat. You can only gain fat in a surplus. And since we're going up to maintenance, none of that weight gain is gonna be fat. That weight will be food volume, be water, be glycogen, all healthy functional weight that actually makes people look a little bit better. When your muscles are more full with glycogen water, you actually look more defined. So this idea that like water weight is is always bad, first of all, we don't even know what bad means, but even aesthetically, it's not always a bad thing. Usually it's actually a good thing. So if you only took one thing from this podcast, know that trying to find the perfect method because you think the perfect method means the one that you're going to gain the least amount of weight, man, you're missing the point. The point is to get the fuck out of a deficit. The point is to start feeling good again. Start it, the point is to dissipate diet fatigue. The point is to get up to maintenance so that you can be at maintenance and you can start feeling good again. The point is not to do one calorie added per day so that you can hack your metabolism and gain no weight. Like That's not the point, nor is it realistic. So, how do you know when it's time to reverse? Well, <laughs> you know it's time to reverse when you're done dieting. So how do you know when you're done dieting? Well, I can think of three markers of like, okay, it's it's time to go to maintenance. And when I say go to maintenance, I mean that's time for a reverse diet. That's what a reverse diet is. It's the act of eating your way out of a deficit up to maintenance. So you know you're done dieting when you've been in a deficit for 8 to 12 weeks or God forbid more. That's a really good time to decide, hey, I'm gonna hit the pause button, we're gonna do a maintenance phase. You know you're done dieting when you've lost about 10% of your body weight, again, or more. At that point, it's a really good idea to hit the brakes, get a maintenance phase under your belt, start feeling really good again, reverse some of that metabolic adaptation, get your hunger cues back, and then maybe if you want to cut again, go ahead and do that. You know you're done dieting when generally, diet fatigue symptoms are high. And food focus is high, hunger is high, energy is low, sleep is brutal, workouts are brutal, stress is high. Man, it's time for a maintenance phase. And I I, I keep saying it's time for a maintenance phase because this obsession with reverse dieting kind of misses the point. You need a maintenance phase after reverse, after, after you need, a, oh, sorry, let me just start that again. You need a maintenance phase after dieting, not a reverse diet. You don't need a reverse diet after dieting. You need to go to maintenance after dieting. The way you get there is a reverse diet. But this idea of people like, yeah, I'm done with my diet. I really need to reverse. No, no, no. Yes, kind of. You need to get to maintenance. The reverse diet is how you get there, right? You're like, I need to go to San Francisco. It's like, okay, you need to go to San Francisco. You don't need to drive. You don't need like all the roads to get there. Like, yes, you need to get to the destination. How you get there is something we'll talk about in a second, but like, I want people to focus more on the being at maintenance part and less about the getting to maintenance part. The being at maintenance part for a specific, for a, a significant amount of time is the important thing. Getting to maintenance, yes. There are certain different ways to do it and there might be ways that work better for you in your situation, sure. But I just, this obsession with like, oh, I need a reverse diet. No, motherfucker, you need to be at maintenance for a while. That's how you start feeling good again. So you know it's time for a reverse when you're done dieting. You know you're done dieting when you've been in a deficit for about 8 to 12 weeks or more. Or you've lost about 10% of your body weight or more. Or diet fatigue symptoms are super high and you feel like dog shit. So here we go. How do you reverse diet? Generally, there are two camps. The fast camp and the slow camp. And I'll say that on either end of these spectrums, We have to weigh the physiological benefits versus the psychological benefits, the pros and cons of each of those, and we're gonna break that down now. The example we're gonna use, just for argument's sake, is somebody who ended their diet at 1,500 calories and their maintenance is estimated to be at 2,000. So that's their predicted maintenance. So when we talk about reverse dieting fast, Typically, the the pros, the benefit of this method, or at least the one that people really harp on, and it's true, is that reverse dieting ASAP, right? Getting to maintenance ASAP is best for your physiology. It is the best thing you can do for your body. You want to get out of a deficit ASAP. Going slow is just wasting time that you could be feeling better, living better, performing better. In a perfect world, jumping right to maintenance is what you should do if doing what's best for your body is most important to you. You should jump right to maintenance. You should go from 1,500 right to 2,000. Now, what are the cons of taking a immediate approach or a really fast approach, reverse dieting very quickly, going to maintenance ASAP? What are the cons or potential cons? There are two. The first is you can't be entirely sure where maintenance is. So maybe you overshoot, right? If you end your diet at 140, and you were 160, you've probably undergone a little bit of metabolic adaptation and your maintenance calories at 140 are going to be a little bit lower than somebody who's been 140 their whole life. So if you plug in your stats, you go on tdecalculator.net, precision nutrition calculator, using whatever other calorie calculator you want to use, your maintenance calories are probably going to be a little bit lower than that number. So if you go with that number and you use this immediate approach, you're like, great, I'm going right to 2000. Maybe your maintenance was really 1900, so maybe you overshot it. Great. I would argue that this is not a big deal at all and that you'll find out pretty quickly that you overshot or you won't because, man, you overshot by such a small amount that your body will regulate. Maybe you'll increase meat a little bit and it's not the end of the world. You're not going to, you know, you go 100 calories over where you're supposed to go. That that, that doesn't mean you're just going to gain a whole bunch of weight very quickly and that you're going to continue gaining weight. That's not how it works. I'd argue that overshooting your maintenance by a very small amount is a very small, small issue. Now, the second con that you could use, and I will and I will discuss how I, my feelings on it is that this is tougher for people's psychology. If you go from 1,500 calories right to 2,000, you're going to see a in quotes big weight jump right away. Right, your weight might jump one to five pounds right away in the in the in the first you know, 72, 96 hours after you start eating 500 calories more. That's tough for most people's psychology to deal with. Truthfully, that's a very, like people assume that if their weight's going up, 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 it's going to keep going up, 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 up. And that's just not the truth. That's not just not the truth. Your weight might spike up more quickly, but that's just because you started eating a lot more calories very quickly. Right? 500 more calories of food in your body at any given time, you're gonna weigh more, right? More carbs, more water in your body, more glycogen, you're gonna weigh more. Does that mean that you gained one to five pounds of fat? No, you can only gain fat in a calorie surplus. And even if you overshot, like we talked about, even if you went 100 calories over your maintenance, that's not, that's 100 calories. Man, 3,500 extra calories over maintenance to gain a pound of fat. And you went 100 calories over, who gives a shit? Sorry. Now, something I will say before we talk about, um, two things I'll say before we talk about the slow method or a slower method is that this weight spike that you see going from 1500 to 2000 right away, immediate, the weight that you gain doing that is going to be the same amount of total weight or more or less the same amount of total weight that you gain during the slower method. If you jump right to 2,000 and your weight spikes up a little bit, I promise you it's going to level off, it might even dip back down, and you will end up exactly where you would have ended up anyway if you go slowly. So you have a choice of gaining that weight initially or gaining it slowly over the course of a, of a slower uh, strat- strategic reverse diet. Now in, stra- in scenario one where you're going fast, you feel a whole lot better right away. Right? You get You get out of a deficit much quicker. You're feeling a whole lot better right away. Yes, you have to deal with a larger chunk of initial weight gain, but it's just initial weight gain. It's not continued weight gain. So if your goal is to get out of a deficit and do a reverse diet and feel really good and get to maintenance and not waste any time, man, going faster, trying an immediate approach or getting really, really close to maintenance, and we'll talk about that in a bit, is probably your best bet. If you can handle seeing four pounds on the scale, three pounds on the scale, two pounds, five pounds right away, it's going to level off. It's going to be okay. And if you are, and and here's a time where I would certainly do it again. Obviously, if if you listen to that and that feels like where you're at, then you know what I'm about to say. But if you feel like shit at the end of your diet and you're really run down, maybe calories got super low or you were in a deficit way too long, or you just generally have really intense diet fatigue symptoms, go faster. Go faster. And we'll talk about why in a second. So, that's the fast way. That's the immediate way. That's getting out of a deficit right away. What if you want to go slower? People are like, "Oh, I should do 25 calories a week, 50 calories a week, 100 calories every other week." There's you there's every permutation under the sun that I've heard as like, "Okay, this is the way. This is the way. This is the way you gain the least amount of weight." It's not about gaining the least amount of weight. It's about getting the fuck out of a deficit and starting to feel good again. So, let's take that same example and we'll talk about, you know, maybe 50 calories a week. That's 1500 calories at the end of your diet. The next week, 1550. The next week, 1600, then 1650, then 1700, then 1750. Man, it's been six weeks and you're still in a deficit. You're still in a 250 calorie deficit. So your 12 week diet is now 18 week diet. And if we play this out, it's gonna be a 24 a, a week diet by the time you get there. That is absurd. That's ludicrous. So someone might say, okay, we're gonna do 100 calorie, uh, uh, um, one calorie 100 calories every week. So you go 15, you go 16, you go 17, you go 18, man, that's still extending the amount of time that you're in a deficit where you're not feeling good. So those are the cons. The cons are just that you're wasting time, that you're spending more time in a deficit when the point is to get out of a deficit, right? You wasted weeks on the tail end of a diet when you felt like shit still being in a deficit. I mean, that just, that doesn't make any sense to me. However, the pros, I see two. Their weight will come on much more slowly. You go 15, 15, 50, 16, 16, 50, 17, 17, 50, you will barely notice your weight going up. It's gonna go up by a little bit every time, tiny bit, it'll level off. You're gonna lose it in the fluctuations anyway. If you're taking weekly averages, you'll see it go up a tiny bit. And man, that can help people be more consistent. So I wanna say I'm not all about the fast method all the time, for sure. If you're deathly afraid of gaining weight and it's gonna totally throw you off, which by the way, in and of itself is something that we should talk about because you shouldn't be deathly afraid of weight because you, you should understand that it's gonna be the same amount of weight by the end of the reverse diet anyway. But, 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 if you'd prefer going slow and that's going to be the thing that keeps you consistent and as long as you get there, that's what's most important. And if you don't feel like dog shit during the reverse diet, then good, then maybe going a little bit slower is totally fine. You know, if you feel terrible and you're exhausted and super hungry and you're like, no, 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 I'm supposed to have 16.50 this week and then then 17, then 17.50, man, fuck that. Get out of deficit, go faster. And the second pros is that it doesn't require a, a, a really drastic lifestyle change right away, right? Sometimes clients really struggle hitting all of their new calories. If you've been eating 1,500 calories for the last eight to 10 weeks and now you have to eat 2,000, Sometimes people actually struggle. Some people, you know, are like struggling to get the calories in mostly because they're so so habitually like uh, in their routine, they're robotic about their 1,500 calories. They got so good at eating 1,500 calories that they're actually struggling to get more calories in. They're they're struggling to get more calories in for two reasons. One, actually for really one reason. And usually it's because they're actually nervous about allowing themselves to eat that much food. And it 500 calories, so that's a, you know, a 33% increase. From 1500, that's a large chunk of extra food. So sometimes people can struggle with that. And so if you go 15, then 16, then 17, like you're making very small lifestyle adjustments, which might make you more consistent, might make you more adherent, might make you feel better about things, um, might not make you completely overhaul your eating habits. And honestly, that can be a pretty good benefit. And I've seen that be one of the benefits where people are like, go from 15 to 2,000 and they're just, they have to overhaul all their eating habits. And they're like, man, like, like I, I'm not good at this yet. It would have been easier if we took some checkpoints in between. So here are my thoughts on the slow versus fast. and I, you guys can I'm sure hear the tone of my voice when I talk about each of them, but I think they're both have they both have utility in certain situations. But if it were to if we were to only choose between immediate, right? super fast and super slow, I'd go with super fast. all right? If it was only 50 calories a week or jump to maintenance right away, Man, jump to maintenance right away because that is the point. The point is to get out of a deficit. You've been in a deficit for 12 weeks. It's time for maintenance. Let's get there as soon as possible. As soon as you can rationally handle getting there, let's freaking get there because if you want to cut again in the future, the clock doesn't start, right? Your your clock of like, I need to be out of a deficit for 10 weeks, let's say. Your clock doesn't start until you're actually out of a deficit. So if you spend six weeks reverse dieting, then you get to maintenance. Man, that's when the clock starts of you actually being out of a deficit so you can theoretically have said oh i wasted a bunch of time now we're not most of us are not bodybuilders we don't have a fucking show or a photo shoot or a specific date we need to be shredded by so this idea of wasting time sometimes don't worry about it so much like if you feel fine going slow and you're not worried about wasting time because you prefer the the trade off of having less lifestyle adjustment by going slow and you know having slower weight gain like that's fine. Like, We don't have a photo shoot to get ready for. We don't have a specific date to be ready for. Like, A lot of people are like, oh, wasting time. It's like, well, what fucking rush are we in? So I will say if you hear all of this and you still want to go slow and you feel fine, you feel good, you want to do 100 calories every other week, let's say, or 100 calories a week, that's totally okay. As long as you feel good doing it and you're not still feeling like you're in a, in a huge deficit and you're feeling better week to week, I support you. Now. The the like I said, if there were only if it was only between super fast and super slow, I'd go with super fast. The potential for overshooting maintenance or seeing this like huge jump in weight right away is just beyond worth it compared to spending more weeks feeling like shit. Luckily though, you don't have to go really fast or really slow. I've found that combining these two methods can get us the best of both worlds. And while I certainly think there are people who should go really fast and there are certainly people that should go a little bit slower, I think combining this method really tends to get people the best of both worlds. And I have found this to be a wonderful strategy for 90% of people. Here it is. Let's say you are that person, you ended your diet at 1,500 calories and your predicted due maintenance is 2,000. What I would do is I would take some of the things from the immediate and some of the things from the slow, and I would jump immediately halfway between where you ended your diet and your predicted maintenance. So we would go uh, from 1500 right to 1750. And then from that point, we would take a slower, more step-by-step approach. So we would go from 1500 right to 1750, and then from there we can do 100 calories a week, 50 calories a week, 100 calories every other week, something in the middle. If you're doing weekly calories, you can frame it in that way. You can do a thousand calories a week, whatever it is. But being able to jump halfway there gives people a at least a, a couple hundred more calories right away where they can start feeling good. But maybe not all of that initial weight gain where they kind of freak out. So maybe jumping halfway between where you ended your diet and where your predicted maintenance is is a really good play for most people. From that point, add 50 to 100 calories every week or two depending on your mentality and your temperament and how much you care about the lifestyle adjustments of going faster and versus how much you care about the potential weight gain but remember at the end of the day whether you go faster or you go slow you're going to gain relatively the same amount of weight so do not pick the slow method because you think you'll gain less weight that's not how it works you're not in a you're not going into a surplus either way you're not gaining any fat any weight you gain is just food volume in you at any given time Glycogen and water from potentially more carbohydrates. Like, you're not gaining any fat, regardless of which one of these you do. Even if you overshoot maintenance by 100 calories, like, you're not just gonna get fat. That's not how it works. So, do I do this with every single client? No, I, I do this with a lot of clients because I think a lot of clients do really need that initial jump in calories to start feeling good again. If a, if a client says, man, this fucking sucks, I'm run down. Great. We're going to go really fast. If someone's like, I feel pretty good. It's totally fine. Like, but I know I need to get up to maintenance. Like maybe we'll take a little bit slower approach, but jumping halfway kind of gets us the best of both worlds. And then from there, you can individualize the step approach that you go from, let's say 1750 to 1850 to 1950 to 2000. Take it that way. That's my recommendation. If you know, listen, if I had to give it, my recommendation is to, is to hear what I'm saying and really tailor it to you and the, the trade-offs that you find are important. But if I had to give a general recommendation for everybody that if I had to put my vote in one battle uh, you know, in one bucket here, that would be it. So, quick sip of water here, motor mouthing a little bit. How do you decide when to stop, right? How do you know when you're at maintenance? The first thing you need to know is this is not an exact science. Anything I'm about to say or any other coach says, like we are it's just speculation. It's just educated guesses. It's just tips and advice on giving yourself the best chance to find out when you're in maintenance. There's no scientifically evidence-based, scientifically backed way of doing this perfectly. There's just coach's experience and good structured advice, and that's what I'm going to give you. So monitor your weight, preferably daily, so that you can take weekly averages. And understand that you need to manage your expectations and that your weight will jump up in the first few days you start eating more, right? So how do you know you're at maintenance? Well, if you go from 1500 to 1750 and your weight spikes up, like that is not you at maintenance. That's not you in a surplus. You have to know that every time you increase your calories, your weight's gonna go up a tiny bit. You just have more food in you. That's just the way it is. If your weight goes up, here's the deal. If your weight goes up on average two, maybe three weeks in a row, so maybe you ended the diet at 140 and then you jumped to 1750 and you see 141 and then next week is 142 and the next week is 142.7 and it's three weeks in a row that your weight's gone up. My general coaching tip would be to just chill. Just stay at those calories. Don't drop back down because you'll likely see it level off and very often dip back down because the truth is you're still in a deficit. If you only go halfway to maintenance, you're by definition still in a deficit. So as you jump up to 1750 and you see your weight spike up a tiny bit, and then even if it spikes up at 18, then 1850, like maybe just chill and let your body weight level off if you're starting to get bothered by that that weight gain. However, if you're closer to that predicted maintenance that you're expecting to be at your maintenance and you're seeing at that point your weight spike up three weeks on average in a row, then just chill at that amount of calories. Just hang out. Because again, we can't be sure that you actually overshot maintenance. We don't know for sure. But if your weight on average went up three weeks in a row, just hang out at those calories. Hang out there for two, three, four weeks. See what happens to your weight. Very often it levels off. Also, fairly often it dips back down. And if you did overshoot maintenance, you'll see it uh, uh, continue to go up a little bit and then just level off and stay there. And if it stays there, then that is your maintenance. Right? Maybe it was a surplus for a couple of weeks, but your body upregulated and and some other things, and now it's maintenance. You need to ask yourself, am I happy where I'm at? Right? Maybe you're now eating, maybe you jumped right to 2,000, and then you continued going up and up and up, and you went 142, 143, 144, 145, but you're eating 2,300 calories. So now you chill, and you chill there for a month, and your weight stays at 143, 144, but you're eating 2,300, and you're like, you know what, this is great, I'm happy here. This is my maintenance. Because my weight is not moving for the the last four weeks, um, and that's awesome. So to sum that up, you want to weigh yourself daily, you want to take weekly averages, and you want to see your weight, if your weight trends up, more than two weeks in a row, so three or more weeks in a row. And if it does, and you know for sure that you're not even close to maintenance, then I would probably keep going. If you're, if you're 1500 and then 1600 and 1700 and 1800 and your weight is going up like, and you're pretty damn sure that that's still a deficit that you're not even close to maintenance yet. Then I would use that intuition to say, okay, it's okay. Like these are just, you know, it's just glycogen, it's just water, it's just food volume. Like I'm not, I haven't overshot maintenance because I know I've done a test. I've done a a couple calculators. I know kind of ballpark where it's supposed to be. And if I'm still well under that, then I'm going to have faith that it's just water glycogen and food volume. But once you get in that ballpark of what you think your predicted maintenance is, and I guess I should have led with the tip of, use a couple of calorie calculators to see where your predicted maintenance is, and assume that your maintenance is just a little bit under what that what that calorie counter says, maybe, maybe five, 10% less, maybe 5%. So if it says 2,000, once you get around that 1,900 range, Start to look at what your weekly average weigh-ins are doing, and if they're going up three weeks in a row, then just chill for a sec. Don't freak out. Don't drop a bunch of calories. Just hang out. If it goes up three weeks in a row, on average, and you know that you're in that ballpark of what your predicted maintenance is, and you maybe overshot it, just hang out. Don't freak out. Don't drop calories. Just chill. You may have overshot it, but it's also possible that if you just hang out, things will level off, and you can either continue to go up, or you can settle and say, hey, here's my maintenance. So, what are some things you should focus on while you reverse? Well, man, focus on the good. You're feeling better, you're sleeping better, you're performing better, you have more life flexibility, you have less hunger, less irritability, less food focus, less, you know, food obsession. You wanna focus on the good because if you just focus on the scale and you see it going up a little bit, up a little bit, you're gonna second guess what you're doing and the truth is you you have to understand that you're going to gain some weight knowing that it's, that is a, a non-negotiable, that's not something you can change, is super important. Something else you should focus on while you're in a reverse is understanding that this is an important part of the process. This is an essential part of the process. Most people diet too long and they don't transition to real life well, right? They don't, that's what reverse dieting is. It's where most people fuck up. We're very good at losing weight. But being as on point with the transition to maintenance is super important and almost always overlooked. People lose a bunch of weight and they have no fucking clue what to do, right? We don't plan for the diet after the diet. And just to hammer it home, if I haven't hammered it home already, you're gonna gain some weight. You're gonna be a little bit heavier at the end of the reverse diet. This idea that you just slowly eat more, you hack your metabolism, it's not a thing. You'll, you'll, You'll likely weigh a little bit more at maintenance than you did when you ended your diet. End of story, and that's okay. If you reversed well, If you followed some of those tips, if you did maybe jump to halfway and then took a step-by-step approach and then watched your averages and if it went up three weeks in a row, you chilled, you won't have gained any fat. You'll be equally healthy, equally aesthetic as when you finish dieting. And this is a really good time to remind yourself that you didn't do all of this for a number on the scale. Reverse dieting is not about obsessing about the number on the scale. It's about respecting your body and acknowledging that a calorie deficit is a means to an end and that you're not meant to live your life with those low bullshit calories, and that you need to get yourself back up to maintenance so you can feel good and show up in the world the way you should with good energy. So, we're gonna move to some, uh, some of the questions from Instagram, and some of them are really good, and I, I'm gonna try and not drag this one any longer, but for the most part, that's what I wanted you guys to understand about reverse dieting. Whether you go fast, whether you go slow, you're gonna gain the same amount of weight. If you do it right, if you take as much care in your in your reverse diet and maintenance than you did in your deficit, you won't overshoot it. And if you overshoot it, you'll overshoot it by such a small margin, it won't make a difference. So if you want to do what's best for your physiology, go a little bit quicker. If you feel okay and going slower works better with your psychology, go a little bit slower. Just don't go too slow that your reverse diet is fucking 12 weeks and takes you 12 weeks to get to maintenance. Like you just double the length of your diet. So first question. Should you change your training during a reverse? Honestly, for most people, they shouldn't worry about changing training. Technically, you can likely handle more volume when you're eating more, but I would save that change, that increase in volume for once you're back up at maintenance and feeling good, like one variable at a time here. Let's keep training static and increase calories, get to maintenance. Once you're feeling good again, then I would think about potentially upping your volume. But truthfully, truthfully work out, like for most people, the idea of like slowly increasing their volume is already more complex than most people listening to this are going to, are going to deal with in terms of their training. Like your training should be geared towards building muscle, whether you're in a deficit at maintenance or in a surplus, you should be doing adequate volume to grow all the time. So truthfully, I wouldn't train change your training at all during a reverse or at maintenance, really like maybe when you go into a surplus, but your training should always be adequate volume and intensity to grow and get stronger. Don't obsess over it, one freaking variable at a time. So which macros should you increase from? And I, I purposely left, left this one out of the main podcast there because it doesn't matter so much. It, it is a question that I got almost as much as any other question from the question box on Instagram. Like, It doesn't matter so much. Does it matter at all? I guess. I I suspect that, or I suppose raising calories from carbohydrates probably has the net biggest effect on things like leptin and exercise performance and recovery. And that if all things considered, all things equal, you feel good, you can manage this. Like this is where This might be a a level of complexity that just fucking throws you off. Like this might be something where you're so focused on this, you forget that it's mostly about calories. So if you had to pick, I guess I would pick mostly from carbohydrates. Um, And then my second vote would be from carbs and fats. Your protein, again, should be high enough where it's high enough to maintain muscle. When you're in a deficit, you should have been focused on protein enough so that we don't have to add calories from protein right now. So if you have to increase calories and you're thinking about specific macronutrients, man, keep protein static and raise your calories from carbs and fats. Should you take a break from tracking how strict should you be during a reverse diet? Same as your deficit? And it's a good question. And I'll give it to you straight. Yes, this is not a time for you to take a break from what got you to that level of leanness. Like. And I fully believe that there are times to take a a break from tracking, that there are times to get away from your uh, uh, being super detailed with your nutrition. Of course there are. But it's when people really loosen the reins right after a diet and they just put some calories back into their, their diet. And all of a sudden you put calories in and you got a little looser with your tracking. This is where people gain a lot of weight back. Like your effort that you're putting into your progress isn't over when the diet phase is over. It's over when you're done with that maintenance phase. So let's say you spend 12 weeks in a diet. It takes you two to four weeks to get to maintenance. And then you spend 10 to 12 weeks at maintenance. Like at that point, when you've been at maintenance for quite some time and your hunger signals are back and your satiety cues are there and your food focus is down, food obsession is down, that might be the time to start experimenting with, with peeling back some of the tracking. But when you're reverse dieting, that is a very important part of this whole thing. It's a very important part of actually maintaining your progress. Don't let it slip. Don't peel back the, the meticulous nature of what you're doing. Like Whatever got you to the point of losing weight, like use those tools to get you to maintenance and use those tools at maintenance until you feel really fucking good again and then consider peeling it back. Oof, how long does it take to reverse metabolic adaptation? I'm not going to go into this too deep here. This is a whole fucking podcast in and of itself. However, be very clear here. Reverse dieting does not reverse metabolic adaptation. Period. Because the, the, the nature of a reverse diet is you're still in a deficit. Reverse dieting is the act of getting up to maintenance. Being at maintenance for an extended period of time has the potential to reverse some of the metabolic adaptation from dieting. So reverse dieting in and of itself doesn't reverse metabolic adaptation. And that's why I wanna put more emphasis on being at maintenance. Like reverse dieting is not as important as being at maintenance for a long period of time. Being at maintenance for a long period of time is what has the potential to reverse metabolic adaptation. How you get there is reverse dieting. I'd say, okay, so the question 11 is, what are some common mistakes um, that people have uh, when reverse dieting? Man, common mistakes would be making it more complex than it needs to be, assuming there's one perfect way to do it, and assuming you're not going to gain weight, like having false expectations of how this is supposed to go is the number one common mistake. Assuming that you're, you, cause you've gained a pound or two, or you've gained, you know, quarter pound a week for the last seven weeks or something like that, you're doing it wrong. Like you're likely not like that. Yes, there are times where people overshoot their maintenance and, and they continue to gain weight, but manage your expectations, Accept that you're going to gain some weight, even if you're doing it right? Right. Focus on what's important. It's important to get out of a deficit, start feeling good again, lower your food focus, start performing in the gym. Like if you gain one to four pounds during your reverse diet, you did it right. You did it right. Like that's the most common mistake is having a false expectation that you're just not going to gain any weight at all. And the last question is, why is it so scary? Again, could be a podcast in and of itself, but the truth is, and it's a sad truth, that we are way more scared of gaining weight than we are of feeling like shit. We are way more comfortable with feeling like shit than we are comfortable with gaining three to five pounds. And that is fucked up. When it's time to start a reverse diet, that means you're at the tail end of a diet. Most people don't feel great. Whether you, If you tell me you feel great at the end of a diet, you either didn't diet well, you didn't lose enough weight, or you didn't do it in a structured manner where it was actually productive, or you're just straight up lying to yourself. And let's assume you did it right and you did lose, you know, whatever, whatever it was, fucking six to 12 pounds over the course of 12 weeks. You're not going to feel your best. And the fact that most people don't feel their best, but they are still more scared of gaining two to four pounds than they are about being excited about feeling good. That's why it's scary. It's scary because you're more obsessed. You're more, you're more focused. You have a higher emotional attachment in, in terms of fear of gaining weight. than you do an emotional attachment for pride of feeling good man, feeling good is more important. Like if I told you you had to gain five pounds, but you'd stop feeling like shit and you'd start feeling amazing, you should fucking take that. But most people won't. Most people are like, five pounds, (laughs) fuck that. And that's why it's so scary. It's scary because you're assuming you're not gonna gain weight when you 100% will. You 99% of the time will. And it's scary because you're, you, you, put on the pedestal this fear of gaining weight and you don't recognize all the good things that are gonna happen from feeling better and more life flexibility. Man, life is way fucking better at 2,000 calories with five more pounds than it is at 1,500 calories with five less pounds. That is a guaranteed fact. And most people aren't thinking about that. And it bothers the fuck out of me. You've heard me say this, that your leanest body is likely not your happiest life. Your life is gonna be happier at 145 with 2,000 calories than it was at the tail end of a diet 140 at 1,500 calories. And that is the expectation you need to have going into the reverse diet because that's what's going to happen. You're going to gain some weight, but you're going to get more calories and more energy and and better feeling, more life flexibility and more workout performance and building of muscle, all of that good stuff. Okay, guys, that was a lot of information. I know. I hope you guys took some things from it. I hope you are no longer, you know, in this paralysis by analysis state of mind And I want you to understand that whether you go fast, whether you go slow, just get up to maintenance and then stay there and stay there until you feel really good. The reverse diet is not as important as just getting it, like how you reverse diet is not as important as actually completing the reverse diet, getting to maintenance and staying there for an extended period of time so that you feel good again. Less focus on how you're reverse dieting, more focus on monitoring your weight to make sure you don't, you know, rapidly overshoot it maintaining your habits that actually got you to lose the weight in the first place and using those habits with more calories to reverse. But then, man, once you get to maintenance, that's the important stuff. That's when the clock starts. That's when you start feeling better. Get there, get to maintenance, stay there, and don't overcomplicate things. Don't give up all the the tactics and don't stop tracking right away. Like, use the tools that got you to lose the weight in the first place use them to reverse diet, use them at maintenance. And then once you feel really, really good, you can assess, am I ready to peel back some of these layers, all right? Thanks for listening, guys. If you have any questions, you can always DM me. You can always email me. I'm I'm always here. I'll answer all DMs. And um, this is a topic that I feel strongly about, and I hope it has clarified things a bit for you today. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Where Optimal Meets Practical. If you enjoyed it, if you found value, do me a favor and take a screenshot of your phone and post it to your social media. If you do, tag me so I can say thanks. If you ever want to get in touch with me, you can reach me at Jordan Lips Fitness on Instagram, or you can email me, Jordan Lips at JordanLipsFitness.com, or check out the website, JordanLipsFitness.com. I'd love to chat. Have a great day.